fragile as memory. Come up, Boyd, the old man said. Boyd strode up to the edge of the porch. He stood for a moment as if awaiting invitation to sit, and when none came, sitting anyway, taking a bag of country gentleman smoking tobacco from his shirt pocket and uncreasing papers and beginning to construct a cigarette. Looks like they about plowed you under, he said. He'd not had occasion to speak aloud for two days, and the sound of his own voice seemed almost to startle him. He struck a match and lit the cigarette. He could not see the river, but he could sense it, dank and yellow-smelling, rolling somewhere out of sight in the gathering dark. They claim they need all the land for cotton, the old man said. His voice was thin and whispery, like corn husks rustling together. I reckon when I'm gone, they'll doze this mess down and plant it all. Boyd smoked in silence. The momentum that had carried him for days, for miles, settled upon him like an enormous weight, and he was seized with weariness. Now that he was here, he saw that he had reached not some final destination, but simply a way station that had drawn him miles in the wrong direction. If she was here, he would have read it in the old man's face— but nothing at all was written there, not even what Boyd had expected. Bitter recriminations, a t- who knew what. All there was was a stoic calm he didn't know what to make of, as if the old man had come to some kind of terms. Then he studied the face closer. The yellowed skin was drawn tight across the cheekbones, the face sunken and caved, the blade of nose like something an undertaker had sculpted of wax, then studied with a critical eye. All in all, the old man looked like something recovered from the earth in gross resurrection and set a rock on this porch in the middle of a cotton field. Boyd drew on the cigarette. You been sick, Air? His voice was blued and furred by the smoke. I'm fixing to die. I got a cancer. Well, I reckon you finally got something everybody else didn't get one of first, Boyd thought. I hope you're satisfied. What's it all? I got it in my lungs. <laughs> I wish you'd put out that cigarette. I ain't let to smoke, and it makes me want one. Boyd towed the cigarette out in the packed earth yard, a small, vicious black smear. A lamp was lit inside. He could smell the smoky, burning kerosene. He had forgotten about the old woman, but now he could sense her presence, see her bulk vaguely outlined against the screen of the door. You afoot? the old man said. I knowed you walked the minute I seen you. <laughs> you always walked like you had the world in your hip pocket. You ain't, though, have you? Last time I seen you, you was in a fine car. You had big plans. Times is hard, Boyd said. Times is always hard for some, the old man observed. They sat in silence. Boyd was watching a blur of cypress past the cotton field, and beyond the cypress, soundless lightning flickered the sky to a pale, metallic rose. After a while, a whippoorwill called out of the trees like something Boyd had been listening for without knowing it or even some sound he had summoned by sheer will, and he felt he had crossed the entire state just to hear this lone whippoorwill mocking him out of the falling dark, 
and now he must turn around and go back the way he'd come. How's that chap? The old woman said through the screen door. He must be about grown by now. He's right at seventeen. Who's he favor? We never had no picture nor nothing. He looks a right smart like his mama. She ain't here, the old man said suddenly. I reckon you've made a long trip for nothing. If she ain't here, I have. And you ain't seen her? Last time I seen her, her belly was swole up with that boy you spoke of, and you was helping her into that fine car. <laughs> Looks like several things has changed since then. Boyd stood up. He brushed dry flakes of tobacco off the front of his dungarees. He looked back the way he had come, a dim wagon road fading out in the cotton field. I got to get.